nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Doxo 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the final comedy website. We bring broken artifacts to you every weekday from an all-star cast of hilarity technicians, including Denartea, Lydia Bug, Alex Schmidt, Michael Swaim, and many more. We have survived four years in this media hellscape and are still growing thanks to listeners like you who go to patreon.com slash 1900hotdog and subscribe. Patrons get access to bonus podcasts every week, along with five well-researched and joke-dense articles every weekday. And most importantly, they'll be helping to hold back the relentless army of content robots working to dismantle joy as the internet knows it. Speaking of, I'm the World Web's Sean Baby from the internet, and my co-host is a writer, computer whiz, and karate black belt, Robert Brockway. Your sales pitch is getting so good. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to subscribe. This is the time. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to access your Thanks. hundreds of hours of bonus podcast content. Uh, uh-huh, just because uh-huh. it is such. far outside my comfort zone, but uh, I'm I'm a pro. I'm getting <laughs> it's good. getting really good. It's getting there. It's definitely getting there. Uh, I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. I invented the idea for Deadliest Warrior when I was nine years old, and I am pursuing legal action. Uh, for follow up <laughs> questions, see my fucking lawyer, Spike TV. <laughs> I have no follow up questions. I think we all did. Uh, uh, no, we are joined. Oh, it was only me. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by a returning guest. He's an editor, producer, computer whiz, and karate black belt, Eddie Doty. <laughs> this I, I feel like I needed like a fast typing sound effect, like, but I'm actually afraid to like. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, uh, actually, my report say that I'm a me, but yeah, no, that's that, that is indeed me, Brockway. I feel like. Um, it's a class action lawsuit because I feel like, mm-hmm. as Sean said, half the population kind of came up with this. My idea. God, how and is this possible? They'd, they'd be they'd be right. It's <laughs> it's it's you know sometimes there's just moments culturally mm-hmm. uh, where every four year old on the planet has the same idea, <laughs> and I think that's why. And this you was had, the show. I think it's what the makers did. And outgrow at. it by twelve, yep. I would say. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> outgrow it by lunch. <laughs> outgrow it by by recess. I'm you know, still yeah, living it. Uh, we're talking about Deadliest Warrior today, but before we do, uh, Eddie, you're always working on something fun. Do you have anything, uh, anything you want to plug here at the top of the show? I am not working on anything fun now because I was part of the layoffs, uh, at mm. Amazon games, but right. yes, uh, but no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm talking to some folks. So with any luck, by the time this comes out, I'll have something cool, but you can definitely follow me on socials at Kirby.Matrix, uh, on that stupid Twitter site. And I should probably start posting blue sky. Uh, and I'll probably have like an updated reel pretty soon of like the cool stuff I did. Oh. Uh, the most recent cool thing I did was a show of mine called Pit Crew, where Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and Kenny Omega yeah. squared off in Street Fighter 6, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that's all online on YouTube if you want to go look at it. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear. I'm going to blame it's the robots, <laughs> the robots on this one. Yes, you uh-huh. should. It's their fault. Their literal fault. I'm sorry to hear the robots uh, got you. Uh, we are doing our best to fight <laughs> yeah, those fucking did. robots. Uh, I guess we know the answer. Who would win? Deadliest warrior. Uh, talented artists yes. or robots. We've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Eddie and I did uh, pitch a show together called Man vs. Monster that was uh, 
a lot of ways uh, a reaction to Deadliest Warrior. I think we tried to fix a lot of the problems we had with Deadliest Warrior, but in a lot of ways, like we just love Deadliest Warrior. We're like, what if we just did a different spin on it? Um, but yeah, it didn't yeah, get picked up probably that. because of Deadliest Warrior. I think a spike that said, guys, we already have Deadliest Warrior. We don't need this fucking show. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. was fair. A fair yeah, note. That was a lo- Sean and I pitched every network in town, like with the company uh-huh. I was with at the time. Like we literally, we had meetings at MTV, Spike, all the other ones. And uh, the answer was always the same. Like our ad sales team does not know what the fuck to do with this. Yeah. And in Spike's case, it's like literally every ad dollar that would go to this would be taken away from Deadliest Warrior. Because if you have one Deadliest Warrior, you don't need two. Which exactly. fundamentally I disagree with. But uh, but I, I at least understand that. I have a proposal. Um, it was actually, Sean, if you remember... It was actually this and a show called Jurassic Fight Club that I think we were like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was my proposal. <laughs> yeah. Because Jurassic Fight Club was like, what if a, these two dinosaurs that lived millions of years apart could fight uh-huh. each other? And then Deadliest Warrior was like, what if a ninja fought a different ninja? And we were like, well, what if you had the non the monsters who were never real? Oops, all RoboCops. Oh, that's a good show. Greenlit. <laughs> telling you <laughs> but yeah our show nowadays you stand a chance we added a lot of elements where we had like more of a discussion of like uh you know how you would actually defeat a, a monster which they have deadly in deadliest warrior uh and then i i guess we had a lot more theoretical stuff uh as if like you're preparing for a movie rather than like a, a sort of a pathetic nerd fight, which is a lot of what Deadliest Warriors episodes are. <laughs> a lot. Um, a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying we lean into the nerd stuff. So it's like just maximum nerd. Like it's comic book nerds arguing. But then we end with a lot of like jackass style stunts. I thought it was a really fun idea for a show. And I, that, you know, it's it, of all the shows I've been attached to, it was the only one I ever wanted to get picked up. Yeah. Because it would have been very fun to make, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, the process was very much like, do some actual research. We we're going to have performance capture in it. We had, I had a meeting with um, Tim Miller at blur studios uh, before Tim directed uh, Deadpool. He like him, uh, a friend of mine named Trey Stokes introduced me to Tim and Tim like said, yeah, if you guys want to like use our stage for, for PCAP, like you can come by whenever it was, it was a very interesting, like it was a little bit ahead of its time. Also a little bit like past its time at the same time, but the actual process of making show, making the show would have been, the funnest time I think either of us ever had. Yeah, for sure. One important detail. Did Sean, would Sean be dressing up as the monster? No, no, no. No. Oh, no. no. Sean was <laughs> red lit. We were training Sean <laughs> to fight the, the stunt. It was going to be a rotating cast of stunt people. We actually talked to a few stunt folks uh, in like various prosthetics, you know? So like if it was a werewolf, uh, we had like a stunt person who could like run on all fours. There's like, that's like an actual skill that like some stunt people have to like have on their resume can run proficiently on all fours. And so like, these were all things that we were going to like have to do. If it was going to be a, a zombie or a dragon, I was going to kick every single one of those legs in half. Yep. Nope. Yep. Sean in a Godzilla <laughs> costume versus like a kindergarten class or nothing. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's a reversal. No, I was, uh, just the human dude, I was the audience surrogate, and I would be fighting the monsters using, you know, human skills. Using traps and snares like uh, Predator. Traps and snares. I love today because uh, this is probably the five or six hundredth hour Eddie and I have discussed Deadliest Warrior, and I love <laughs> having a podcast because you can, you can curate the exact conversation you want to have. So, 2009, Spike TV's Deadliest Warrior, that's what we're talking about. 
Uh, specifically, we all watched uh, season one, episode three, uh, which I also think was their pilot. This was Spartan versus Ninja. And it's just the fucking best. Like, what a perfect show. Uh, <laughs> and I know Brockway has a different take. <laughs> uh, my take is that- Because you missed this, right? Dumbest fucking thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I missed this first. So this is news to me. Uh, this was not not my vibe at the time. It's, a, I will say this, it's a beautiful time capsule of the end. I would say this is the tail end of this era. They had a couple more years- of of this being pop culture and by god they were proving that they deserved their fall <laughs> this is i feel like this is timeless like i feel like if you cut the budget in 10th in in, in a 10th and, and put this on youtube like this is a, a beloved show unironic but uh i have the intro here uh let me play it just get people hype thank you for oh, being shit. <laughs> i hit the wrong button travel down the road. Like, that's a good bit, but there's, like, a greater than zero chance that you actually did hit the wrong button. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll hit the right button. But you're right. The Spartan. The battlefield butcher from ancient Greece. A ninja. The legendary master of death from Japan. Who is deadliest? To find out, our world-class fighters are testing history's most lethal weapons. Go. Using 21st century science, we'll see what happens when the two warriors go toe-to-toe. No rules, no safety, no mercy. It's a duel to the death to decide who is the deadliest warrior. Smash! I love it. Crash! So bang! Much. Do oh, it! My, do it! Go! My, Explosion! My favorite part. My favorite part of the whole series is that for the narrator, they hired a voice actor and can be like, "Can you just be David Wenham from 300? Just do that voice for like the entire series, like because 300 had David Wenham like narrate the movie and like flashback, and he's just, it's very clearly that and nothing else. Nothing like else. It, there's no way they they got a guy." to do that voice and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I, Until this very moment, I just thought it was him. My uh, my notes here say, as soon as the intro is over, my notes here say, they're going to pick Spartan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> That's a good call. Right, like, I know this guy. I'm going through his credits right now. I know Hang this on. guy in Hang 2009. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. no way he's not picking Spartan. Okay. I feel like Ninja, though, is... Rise of an Empire. Like... <sighs> Kind of perfect for this show because the ninjas are so magical. It is him. And Holy so- shit, it's him. Okay, it good. is him. I'm glad. I'm he, glad I was. He right. went uncredited. He went <laughs> yeah, under he a pseudonym. He went under a pseudonym, but it is him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he, he was embarrassed oh, by this. So good. Uh, <laughs> he should oh, be. God. He did 300 so- <laughs> and was embarrassed by this. <laughs> so uh, I like at the beginning they give everybody stats, and so they give stats to just the ninja, and what they went with was. Five foot two, 135 pounds. <laughs> I mean, yes, I guess for the time, if you picked God, somebody funny. on the smaller end. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to yeah, it's like It's like 
museums and seen the old suits of armor like coming up to my waist i'm like okay yeah they were pretty small back then but five foot two is a really <laughs> a cute little ninja and 135 pounds is i yeah i, read that I just i just imagine a ninja school with like the front door has like a you cannot be taller than this yeah. to be a ninja and like so many guys just being dejected and, and turning right around as soon as they see it it's like nope i'm five i'm five four and a half god damn it <laughs> uh, the Spartan they made five foot eight, one hundred sixty five, but that's a full shack to the ninja. Yeah, to the ninja stats. That's, uh, uh, you can I see immediately, <laughs> like anybody looking at that, it's like, oh, okay, so Spartan wins then. Yep, it's <laughs> we're done, uh, and it just gets worse when they start doing the weapons. But first, I want to talk about our team. That's the one constant of the show. They have uh, a core team of deadliest warrior scientists. The first one is named Jeff Demoline, and he's a scientist and karate black belt. And, and? Uh, not listed and? in and uh, uh, a biomechanist, biomedical, uh, nationally- biomedical engineer. But yes, of I'm course. Sorry. Hey, real quick, what's, what's a quick guess that both of you think biomedical engineer means? Oh, I actually know because I looked him up. What is it? What does biomedical um, engineer do? Like on a day to day? Okay, uh, he. I think puts like little pads on things and then hits them with Spartan shields. Like I think that's what he does. He wakes up and he's like, Oh honey, I got to smash a whole lot of things with Spartan shields today. And she's like, all right, honey, but you got to pick up this, the kids from karate at, at three. Uh, no, he has a, a company where uh, it says we predict human injury in any environment is their motto. Uh, I want you to note they do not say prevent. <laughs> Just like look at water slides or police policies. And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah, you're talking 820 human deaths a year right there. Well, I mean, that's we'll a you. threat. Can't that's help not you, a job description. That's a threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We so, predict uh, a lot of injury unless you pay us. <laughs> uh, there's no way to fix it. He's a nationally ranked uh, Canadian by athlete, which uh, I'm sure you're familiar. That's the sport where you cross-country ski and then shoot a rifle. It's a fucking awesome sport. <laughs> uh, he didn't do a, do a bunch of TV stuff after this. So this is like his big, uh, his big thing. And I think he's great because th- he's kind of like like big and gym buff. Uh, he's also got like a sense of wonder. Like anytime he sees somebody like hit somebody, hit something with a sword, he's like, what the fuck? Those numbers, no one has ever hit anything as hard as you just hit that with a sword. And uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, just uh, surely, surely Max Geiger had other, other jobs on television <laughs> after this. He wishes. Uh, But yes, uh, one last thing about Jeff. He is, uh, as a biomechanical engineer, uh, he is in charge of putting little impact pads and accelerometers on dummies, setting up speed sensing lasers. And um, anyway, I think he's got decent broadcast skills and great astonishment. So I think he's really good on this show. No notes. But uh, yeah, next up, we're going to talk about Max Geiger. And he is a a 21-year-old computer whiz. I think this is, I think Max is as close as you can get to some TV producer saying, you know, you need my nephew. He's good at computers. <laughs> like, as far <laughs> he, as I know. downloaded this thing called LimeWire. Have you heard? He's a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hacker. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'd done anything before the show. He um, actually came from school to film this. Uh, I saw. I read an AMA he did, and it, he's he's the fucking best. He loves this show so much, and he answered everything as honestly and as openly as he could. Um, I think he's pretty good on the show. I, I he seems really scared all the time. Uh, 
which I think is there's helpful. so much karate around. Yeah, you need. Like, it's it's you just need so that. easy to like accidentally die from karate when you're. And on he's the one yeah. that would die. Let us be clear. He is yes, hundred uh, yeah. percent. A small and and very. He's got a computer body. He's got a two thousand nine yeah. computer body. Real indoor kid body. He's the audience. Uh, he's the I, audience I can, surrogate. Can, if the audience is going to see themselves in any character in this show, I'm Max Geiger. Good at computer. He's, I can't say. I can't say the amount the insurance bond. For so much karate, like because I had to game the budget out on Man vs. Monster, mm-hmm. it's it is it is very pricey, and I would be I'd be very nervous that I would accidentally be caught in like some sort of karate accident myself. Absolutely, so I, I have a lot of empathy for Max. That was my plan for day one. I was just going to fly and kick you. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, <laughs> just the, the set shuts down. To just it, it's it's name of the game, man. It's karate. It's karate. Can't help it. Uh, I think his main skill was Excel, uh, but. He also yeah. had the responsibility of being like, golly gee, you're so deadly. It's a real sword. Wow, real karate sword. Uh, but I, that being said, I want to say that he has this ability to kind of keep keep things on rails. Like uh, a lot of these arguments get pretty heated. They naturally escalate to what I would imagine would be violence eventually. But he's always like there to be, uh, well, let's go to the computer. Because uh, I don't know. I think that's a really valuable skill to have on set. Um uh, I don't know. We've all been to parties where two traditional martial artists like insist that one style is stronger than another, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is going to turn into an awkward wrestling match any second. Have we so, all um, been to parties where that happens? My God, I've been to I've been to so many parties where We've some been karate to nerd parties. will talk to like <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I, I I have a lot of like were these karate parties, and then <laughs> I think I, listen. I think I think modern MMA has like unfortunately kind of killed a lot of these discussions, yes. but yes, I mean th- back like pre UFC on Fox, I would say um, there were a lot of just anytime, any, what I experienced as like someone who studied martial arts a lot when I was a teenager is if, and conversation would come up like, Oh, do you, you know, uh, yeah, I do martial arts. Oh yeah. Did you know that? Bleh? And then someone <laughs> would just spout off the most insane nonsense. Yeah. And you'd have to like do the social contract thing of like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. Well, uh, no. So Kung Fu does not make your balls impervious to ball <laughs> shots. That doesn't actually have, like, you'd have to like be this weird, like advocate for just reality apparently. Right. And, and, but nowadays it's like, I think I'm mean, like, it's weird nowadays. Everybody's got like a working knowledge of what an arm bar is. I think and so, so. It's, yeah. it's just a little bit different. Yeah. I had, um, a guy came in to work on my foundation last week and, uh, I just have like my Muay Thai gear everywhere. And he's like, you in the UFC? And I'm like, no, I, oh boy. I do, I do Muay Thai. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, are you guys, how long are you guys going to be? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I do Taekwondo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. So like, so yeah. we're, we're talking yeah. warrior to warrior now. And then like some more yes. awkward silence. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how to navigate this. Right. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm a green belt. And I swear to God, I almost laughed. I mean, like, like, He's a he's a grown man. I'm like, and I, I didn't know if he was referring to like a green belt he got when he was eight, or if he like got it this week. Like I just got my taekwondo yeah. green belt as he's a grown super man. Proud. Yeah, and I thought I thought yeah. this is so funny, and I'm and I'm like, this is the kind of things, kind of conversations. I still to this day find myself having these uh, at parties or whatever, and um, so so I can relate to the Max Geiger energy. Like I run into a lot of Max Geiger energy in my in my regular life. No, I think he went on to work on some computer games, so he is an actual computer whiz. Uh, the system he uses that. is, yeah, that that was looking <laughs> we at all him. That. I believed he knows computer. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. Specifically, this type of uh, like war game thing that they do because they have no. You're right. You're right. Specifically, Excel. They showed him on his little workstation. Yeah, like this is all he has, and it's like they had one monitor open with just a bunch of JPEGs of fighting dummies, and one monitor with Excel, and he was like, "I enter up to twenty different factors." And then what he didn't say was in Excel. <laughs> right. Right. I, I do think they had a real program that was uh, like designed for some sort of a historical, like, you know, deep stat heavy uh, war sim. Um, but what we see is Excel. Like we don't actually see anything cool, nothing TV friendly. It's yeah. just Excel, which uh, it seems inadequate for this. Like, like, like you say, the other monitor had all these JPEGs of, of mannequins, but like you could, uh, spend the weekend, kind of have some flowcharts, have some like I don't fucking know CSI. Excel is too little. Have CSI. Us zoom yes. through a canyon of show of me you ninja. care. My favorite, my favorite editing trick they did, uh, and, I, and I I sympathize hard with the editors of this. By the way, <laughs> um, they did the thing where they made like five or six. The budget had room for five or six CG shots, mm-hmm. where it was like the same like green wireframe recreate a Roman Coliseum zoom in graphic thing. And then it would just cut to their shitty recreation footage, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. Um, But it would often be like a shot of Max, a close up of his Excel sheet, and then smash cut to wireframe the Roman Coliseum coming to life, which I worked on a show for history called Patton 360, where mm-hmm. we did like battle analysis recreation with like really bad, like, you know, video toaster graphics. Um, and we could only get like four shots and we had to reuse the shit out of those. We'd play them backwards, upside down. We'd invert image. We just yep. stretch that thing like taffy for all of our B-roll needs. And like, Every time I, ca- I kept like a, a tally of how many times it would go from Max's CSV document to fucking just, you know, the Roman Coliseum in cyberspace. And it was like it was like nine. Yeah, this has got to be such a fun show for you to watch because like they did a pretty oh. decent job, I think, to get a normie to think they had a big budget. But uh, yes, like if you're but familiar no. with a lot of the production, you're like, <laughs> no, no, this is <laughs> this is really finely polished, like. Seat of the pants, like nonsense. Just, just, just coming apart at the seams, held together. With I spit guess, and yeah, and that might yeah. be the case when all of their environments for this ancient fight between a Greek warrior and a Japanese ninja was the backyard of somebody's house in California. Yeah, like maybe Echo Park. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's all right. I was gonna save this for later. I was gonna save this for later. But uh, Sean, you will recognize this um, where the ninja is running. Mm-hmm. Um, is the same uh, Echo Park like flight of stairs where uh, Gordon Ho's ninja showdown. Yes, that's was definitely from. a fucking Richard Harrison <laughs> ninja fight scene stairs. Yes, a Richard Harrison like the one where uh, they they like fu- they like threw frisbees at each other oh, in yeah. combat. Uh, that and they do like backflips and shit like that. That is there's a there's an exact moment where they fell. <laughs> where else would a ninja be? It was so familiar because I used true. to live in Echo Park. I'm like, this is just like somebody's yard. <laughs> yep. 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 You, you recognize that skyline. <laughs> uh, I fought that ninja. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's homeless. I, but I, I do fought think. Him. Um, <laughs> I think Deadliest Warrior would sort of make for a good like stat heavy sim game, but the, the game they made was sort of like a Tekken clone. Uh, 
it was kind of terrible. And the head of that company got in trouble because he claimed to be a Green Beret, which uh, was not oh. true. Um, like yes. Barry? Is it Barry? <laughs> it's not Barry. Ah, uh, I really hope it was Barry. I hate Barry. Just like I, I hope no, well, we got no Barry. Barry fans coming up. There's another guy on the team. Uh, he's an ER doctor uh, turned TV doctor named Armand Dorian. And I think he's <laughs> he's great because he explains human bodies to the viewer like they haven't been piloting them their whole lives. So he'll be like, uh, I don't know, like this arrow went into the eye socket. Would you? It'll cause trauma to the eye, causing problems in vision and a potential pain. Uh, a little further, would have gone straight into the brain. Um, and that's where warrior memories are stored. Uh, this this guy would have been very close to forgetting where to poop, which is a type of thick pee-pee. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, he comes in and just explains, like, yeah, yeah, if you get stabbed here in the heart, what that does makes it so it's harder for your heart to pump the blood. And that you could bleed out four hours 15 days, we don't know. Science will never know. So he's kind of an, I got that vibe. He's kind of an idiot, right? Like, because they've introduced him yes. as like a fight doctor. And what I wrote down was Dr. Fight. And I was like, no, that's it. He's just Dr. Fight. He's like got, <laughs> got a big, it. thick neck. And like later on, somebody has to explain yeah. what sharp things are to him by saying like, it's like four scalpels. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, doctor, okay, speak. you speak doctor. <laughs> Me get. <laughs> Uh, and then, okay, so that's our, that's our core team. And then each side, uh, the Spartans and the Ninjas in this case, they get uh, representatives. So they have two Spartan warrior experts. And that in this case, they seem like pretty tough guys. One of them is a Green Bray. I didn't catch the other guy's thing, but he seemed like like a legit like MMA trained fighter man. Um, I feel like this is the hardest role to fill for the show because they need to be historians. Uh, they need to be good communicators and passionate debaters, but they also, they're representing the warriors in actual physical tests. So when one of these nerds swings a sword at a dummy, that's the data they're going to use for how hard a Spartan must have swung a sword. So it's like a really hard casting call, and they don't usually have all those skills. Uh, for example... This this was expressed... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the ninjas seem like they're pretty good ninjas, but like hardcore nerds. Like... Terrible at all the other skills that this show requires. Yes. Which is I mean, to sound tough and to impress people. 2009, big fan of ninjas. You're telling me that guy's a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, th this was often expressed by, I, I texted you about this, Sean. Mm. I loved how like the narrator, which we now know is David Wenham, the narrator would be like, and Green Beret. But the lower third Chiron on screen would have like their name and be like author. Yes. <laughs> like, it's a, uh -huh. I'd be like, wait, what? Like, wait. and that didn't just happen once or twice. It happened with everybody. Yep. Everybody had like a secondary honorific like listed on their second line of the Chiron. Yeah. They just constantly trying to throw the honorific set us. Uh, so they, <laughs> whatever they, <laughs> and he talked about how they have these like pretty bad like CGI videos to try to explain the guys. Um, I don't know. It's almost better than you'd expect. Like, like they have this, yeah. <laughs> this terrible live action reenactment of Thermopylae, but like better than it has to be. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Except yeah. for the one guy um, they dressed as the Hamburglar. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Hamburglar <laughs> up. <laughs> they, put, they put a full on Hamburglar in there to fight the Spartans. Like that Spartan's going to kill that Hamburglar. <laughs> uh, the ninjas, they're, they're a karate instructor and I think a ninja historian. And I, I, I talked about them like they're nerds, but one of them does the full splits while he's describing ninjas to the camera. And I'm like, 
it's kind of that perfect, it's perfect for a ninja because it's both very cool, but so nerdy. And I, I, I just love it. Beyond that, um, they do, they clearly take a lot of his testimonials as they go on from this segment mm-hmm. where he's doing the full splits and talking to the camera, but they'll zoom in to, to be like, well, it's just a normal guy talking. But you can see that he's still doing the full splits throughout the entire throughout the entire episode. They lace these things in, which I'm sure was just five minutes of of dialogue to the camera that they cut through. Mm-hmm. But the impression is that he spent the entire episode, and indeed every conversation, he just drops into the splits and is like, "Hmm, yes, let us discuss." <laughs> uh. I think this is maybe the most signature thing on the show is what they do next, where they take, uh, in this case, they do primary weapons. So in this case, it's a Spartan spear, and then they get this Spartan guy come up, the green beret, and he just stabs one of those, like, bob mannequins with a with a spear. And they're like, yeah, it's fucking dead. And they, like, look at all this slow motion footage, they're like, yeah, look at that. That spear went right into him. That guy's fucking dead. And then they check with the doctor. He's like, yeah, what happens with the spear is when a spear goes in, <laughs> that'll puncture the organs, it'll puncture the... The ribs, and, uh, and then he explains like the technical term for bleeding out, which you know he's that's going to give you a hemorrhage, whatever, whatever, fucking Armand, um, <laughs> in his little lab coat. He, yes. he will like just to make sure you know he's a doctor. He's he just doesn't. Coat. I would yeah. never cast that guy as a doctor. He looks like he looks like when you'd see a, a bad guy dressed as a doctor in a Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, and you're like. Yes, that suit absolutely. doesn't fit you. You're you're clearly about to kung fu fight. He's a ninja spy, which is a very ninja move. But uh, so so these guys they stab the the mannequin. They're like, when that spear hits the ninja, it's going to go right through him. That's a direct quote. And then uh, another great thing that happens on the show is that the guys they say this about are like, um, nah, I will like get out of the way. And so you can see how the show turns into a grade school argument about who would beat. You know, Batman versus Superman. Like, that's central to the show. It's martial arts nerds going, nah, I kill you before you do that. Nah, force field. Um, yes, that's anyway. the whole show. You're right. That is the it's entire the whole show. show. <laughs> Good podcast, everybody. <laughs> the, it, there, there's also there's also a weird blending of like first person. Uh, where like the ninja guys were like, like they think their super little armor is going to protect them. That's bronze. I, oh, I'm used to like getting around steel. I'm like, yes. are you, are you real? Are you specifically really used to getting around steel? Like, is that a thing that you've done? That's a really good point. Cause sometimes their, their identities get so tied up in this, in these like yeah. martial arts nerd, uh, theories that like it gets weird. And it especially gets weird when there's like a heritage involved. Cause there's an episode I really love, uh, maybe as much as this one, maybe more, where Apache fought Gladiator. And yes. the Apache oh was so tied up uh, in like how much an Apache would fuck up a Gladiator that it kind of got like, like, uh, God, I don't know. I don't, it, racist isn't the word, but like, like, yeah. but this guy was no, like yeah. straight up, like smugly saying things to the camera, like, it's in my savage blood to cut out your life. Whatever arrow pierces your heart is the Apache's favorite for all Apache's lust for wet death. Like, he's just like, dude, this. <laughs> <laughs> the things you're saying are fucking crazy, dude. And um, <laughs> this is maybe not related, but the, uh, this disrupted the pattern that episode because uh, for the Gladiator, they got actual Chuck Liddell to come in and test the Gladiator weapons. And so you can't, one. you can't have an argument between like a fucking 
middle-aged Apache museum curator and tour guide, and the light heavyweight champion of the fucking Ultimate Fighting Championships. He's a, Chuck Liddell like punches through a side of beef with a fist sword. And then, like, what's the Apache supposed to say? It's <laughs> like, well played, Gladiator. Your, your insane knife punch made the PSI detector short out. And can I get a picture with you after this? But, but, but let me just assure you, your attack is surely no match for my friggin' tomahawk. You're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> There's a, this is a great example of the time when the UFC was on Spike Network. And so you got all of these, like, very weird and ham-fisted guest appearances from UFC fighters that were clearly in between cha- training camps and out of shape. Like I, I, I know Chuck. I've met Chuck. I, I got to like I got to like film Chuck for a couple weeks, long, like twenty years ago. Um, and Chuck Liddell in between training camps is a very different silhouette than lean, mean, uh, you know, fighting machine Chuck Liddell. I remember Randy Couture was also like. Uh, pros versus Joe or Joe's versus Schmoes or something like that. Joe's, like yeah. one of those shows. Yeah. Pros versus Joe's. And they had a dude like cage by Randy Couture <laughs> and Randy Couture clearly like in between camps yeah, and joined his, his non weight cut diet and still just ragdolling this dude, yeah. but with like a slightly jiggly belly. And it's just like, there's like, there's like five or six instances of UFC fighters just sprinkled in spike TV program. Just that energy of, of Chuck Liddell arguing with, a middle-aged uh, Apache historian, which, which has always been very funny to me. Um, I, I just I want to talk about the energy of the show because uh, it has a really nervous energy. Like it's a bunch of strangers in a room uh, full of weapons and unmanned activity stations. So there's just kind of a constant adrenaline. It's like very cocaine energy. Like like stuff's about to go down, but it never goes down. So they just sort of stay amped up and nervous the whole time. I could imagine quite easily these two teams like i could just see into the future this format where you take what are clearly unhinged psychopaths who have dedicated their lives to like whether or not spartans are the toughest and then somebody else equally just as unhinged on the opposite side and then you get them to argue who's tougher like i am sure there were fist fights on that set there had to there was all i feel like there was almost a fist fight towards the end of this episode I think so. I feel like the the Spartan guys were like was like a soldier and a fighter, so they didn't have that insecurity of the ninjas. So like as it started to get heated, they're just like, yeah, I don't fucking care about this ninja thing and the things he's saying. You know, they weren't taking it so personal. So, I, I got I got I definitely got the uh I got the January sixth energy from Barry. <laughs> yeah, I got the maybe uh, a little bit. I got the Barry's <laughs> Barry's got like a team of guys. Now, and maybe they're doing some kind of uh, quote unquote exercises out in Idaho. Like, yeah, I didn't check in on Barry, but I, I, I would buy that. I like uh, I think it was Barry who made that point that uh, the Spartan has four weapons, which is better than the ninjas, like 50 weapons, because they have to like sit there and think about all these stupid little weapons. And I was like, that's kind of a funny point. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of arguments that people make that maybe aren't as relevant as others. Like here they are testing how hard a spear hits, but then sometimes a guy will come in and say like, Oh no, see like a crusader would totally kill a pirate because they believe in the Christian God. And that gives them the strength they need to fight. You know, anything they can throw up on the whiteboard for, for their, for their debate. Was that a real uh, one? Did they put, did they put Christian God into Excel and assign him a a number of points? (laughs) I have no idea if they did, but that that's a real thing that someone said. It was knight versus pirate. And the knight said that, like, because they fought for the 
because they believed so much in God that made them strong. That gave them Max motivation. Max Geiger over there, like, I'm going to put 100 <laughs> under special weapons and uh, yeah. uh, God. God is worth 100. How does God even calculate on a comma-separated value document? Like, how do you even how does how does Excel excel the infinite omnipotence I'm of the you, Lord? One hundred. <laughs> it's just one hundred. Yeah, that's one hundred. I think you got to oh, compare man. it in the context of like their savage snake god or whatever the fuck their opponent worships, mm, and it's it's definitely right. better than that. But how much better is up to Max Geiger computer ways? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like there's the another one I like. You mean that- Max Geiger author? <laughs> the yes. snake guy from Conan? Oh, I don't know. That's like a good sixty. I'm gonna give that a sixty. Yeah, he's strong. He beats he beats uh, Zenu for sure. Um, mm. There was uh, another guy like who talked about motivation. It was the Maori warrior who added that like he was motivated to fight because he was gonna eat them after the fight, <laughs> and so like that was like part of his like. <laughs> That's it's good. Like I'm going to put 40. It's I'm like- going to put hungry. Hungry is 40. Put it on the board. Yeah. It's not as powerful as God, but like eat you later is still worth putting in the Excel spreadsheet. There's one uh, of those great uh, arguments like and in this actual show when the ninja team is like, okay, well, we invented essentially mace. It's crushed glass sure. and chili powder and it's going to go in your eyes. Yep. And like. Then it goes to Barry, and Barry, instead of saying, like, well, the Spartans got this big-ass shield, like, what are you going to do? Barry's like, Spartans are, they spend their whole life getting so tough, they wouldn't even notice that. Like, they got such tough eyeballs (laughs) that they wouldn't notice glass in them. Like, that's the kind of shit they say. What am I going to do in the spreadsheet for that, Barry? Tough eyeballs? (laughs) Tough, tough eyeballs. <laughs> what is the what is the appropriate numerical buff? I'm gonna put to seven here, Barry. I'm gonna put shoot. seven in the spreadsheet for tough eyeballs. That's weak shit. <laughs> they, they did their best to test it. Like they put a hat on the fucking mannequin and threw, yep, threw the, the chili powder egg at it, and then looked <laughs> like, at a all right. looked at a mannequin covered in chili powder egg, and we're like, yep. <laughs> That's they had, didn't they have the doctor um, come in and be like, yeah, that. That looks like yeah, what ground of glass in the eyeball is going to do is hurt. He explained he explained that it would hurt to do that to an eye. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking better. So then they have a, part of the failing of the show is they have to do a direct one to one comparison. You have this this insane eight foot long spear that just completely turns a man inside out versus a little egg filled with glass. So it's spear versus egg, and you're like, fucking <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> uh, so, okay, I guess here's the the big monkey wrench of the show is uh, the phrase, it depends, because I feel like in any, in any rational discussion, if someone says, who would win in a fight between this and this, the, the rational person says, it depends. And that, like, for example, Spider-Man versus Batman, you know, the writers would look at that and say, well, it depends, blah, 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 blah. And this show does not seem to take that into account. So we don't know if like one of the fighters is allowed to leave or if one of them is not expecting a fight. Uh, is it 10 of them versus 10 of the other? Like these, this thing about how it depends is just like trying to take out of the equation as if like, do they get pulled onto battle world by the beyonder and like stuck in an elevator? Like what, what the fuck are the circumstances of this fight? I don't know. It, it's, it's, there's so many instances of, um, like it feels I, I forget the name of the, the type of like rhetorical argument, but it's like, but yeah, to your point, it's like, well, this shield will block any attack. Well, what if what if you're walking and I sneak up behind you? It's like, well, you can say that for anybody. You can say that for anything. 
You know what I mean? Like my, my grandmother could sneak up behind somebody and theoretically fuck them up. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it reminded me a lot of the, um, a lot of the discussions reminded me of that, of from the Sandman comic book and TV show where the Sandman and the devil are in like this rhetorical battle of like, I am the sun ever eating snake hungry and flies. You know, it's like, it's like, they're just, or honestly like the monster offs that, Sean, you and I used to do with like friends where oh, yeah. we draw a monster that killed the other monster. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. In that case, I guess I could create a monster that has like fucking shield eating powers. You know I mean? It's just it, yeah. it, like I, at the end of the day, all the science just like ran right up against it. And I don't think there was an Excel spreadsheet for that. Like there should have been columns for, you know, biome or time of day. I don't, I don't fucking know. Here's another thing I, uh, I like on the show is that, Nobody can agree on pronunciation. I have a clip here that I just, I love. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) Okay, here it is. This one, I promise this one's it. It's a variation of the actual samurai katana called a ninjutto. A ninjutto. Three feet of razor sharp steel. Perfect for slashing and stabbing. Ninjutto. (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite part of the show is that's like called ninjato it's called ninjato like it's just no no idea of how to pronounce anything on the show stop saying um, it like an asshole uh <laughs> yeah that dude definitely calls it gojira uh okay yeah. so <laughs> so I love this because he's talking about how great the ninjato is. And he's like, dude, this totally cut through that bronze helmet of the Spartans. They don't test this to that guy's credit because that would have just like bounced that sword right out of his head and straight into computer ways, Max Geiger. (laughs) So this dude comes in and he like shatters the Joe Mannequin's collarbone. And um, I guess I want to say that this guy seems like he's a pretty good ninja. And uh, they, they, they get good traditional martial artists. I think if he wasn't in the room with actual fighters... In the year 2009, uh, watching him slap armor, you you wouldn't know they were nerds. Like, you'd be like, this guy's, I'm here at this ninja school, and this guy seems pretty fucking sweet. Uh, so, I just want to throw that out there. That, that Like, as far as swinging swords go, great job, ninjas. <laughs> I don't know, um, he did a good job. Max Geiger. Yeah, he did a great job. When he when he swung that little sword, when he swung the ninjato, uh, <laughs> Max Geiger was like, I don't even know how to program this wound. Like computers, <laughs> computers can't even process how much ass you just whipped, Ninja. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> then the the Spartans have uh, a Xyphos, uh, and so they have the Green Beret come up, and he hits the mannequin with the Xyphos, but he like stabs right in the center. So there's like this metal spine that holds the the jail torso together, and so it fucks the whole test up. They're like, well, you. You know, a human doesn't have a metal rod in their spine, so we got to do something different. So they get a pig carcass, and uh, now they, they like, have everyone cut through a pig carcass, which is probably cooler for TV anyway, right? Um, the ninja comes out and does the most, like, anime fucking pig chopping, just, like, draws a sword. He's like, ki Almost kills it in one <laughs> slot chop. Gets it a, the second time. It rules. He does uh, put the it, Green Beret, the like, sword away all cool. like the, Yes. Yes. Like they gave him that moment. That was cub. so nice of them. Yeah. Hell yes. Because your opponent was a pig. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he put the sword away all cool after killing a dead pig. Like, ah. My blade has tasted I, blood. I, my I can sheath it now. <laughs> I, I think it was before this, but it was, it was easily my favorite part of the show. 
uh, where they're like, now it's the ninja's turn to choose their weapon. And they they do like this whole shopping bit. Oh, I where love like, that. Sword? Oh, yeah. Uh, ninja Star? Definitely. Kusarigama? We're going to need two of those. Like this little, like this cute little fucking bit about like, like what they would actually, de- like what would a, a fucking ninja actually do before like a murder? It was amazing. Yeah. They'd go to the ninja store with a big old cart. Uh, you're also leaving out how how they would pronounce everything like assholes too. So like, should we get two yeah. of these? Kama! Like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what about <laughs> these? Oh yes, we'll definitely need the shuriken. Shuriken. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like yeah, they they hit their they hit their hundred day streak on Duolingo. Like, yes. and they're they're really pleased to show it off. They're nailing it. Uh, the the green beret comes out and he fucks up the pig too, but he has like no karate swagger, so he just kind of like hacks at it with this little sword that he's probably used a couple times. Um. It beats the shit out of the pig. I mean, a pig is no match. A dead pig is no match for a sword. Um, but, you would yeah. think, but, but I've had a few run-ins that, you know, might be a counter to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Max Geiger is <laughs> so confused about what to do with this data. <laughs> and they, they ask him a question. I can't remember how they put it, but they're like, ooh, how will you enter these into the parameters? And he's like, I, I like give it a number and put it in an Excel spreadsheet. So he's like... <laughs> Trying to cover for that as if he's doing more than that. He's like, oh, gosh, these these parameters. I might have to add some extra columns. I mean, battle statistics. <laughs> I looked up the software oh. that they use because he mentions that it's Slytherin Studios. And I was like, all right, Max Geiger, you little Harry Potter looking nerd. You made that up and you didn't think anybody would know. It was a real studio and it's just a video yeah, game. Real it's studio. just a video game program that they're yep. using yeah what are you gonna do you're gonna enter that stat into the character sheet on the video game and see how they fight that's exactly it and then that's gonna get multiplied by probably one variable and just thrown into a big mass of random numbers i think another thing that occurred to me like on this episode is that they're gonna run out of these guys so fucking fast like ninja versus spartan you're like nobody can hang with this type of like legendary warrior archetype and and they did like by the time it was episode five they were doing yakuza versus mafia and episode nine was fucking ira versus taliban like that's (laughs) crazy like you're out of ideas if you think that's some shit you should put on tv (laughs) which uh season three the entire favorite (laughs) terrorist group you have to pick one in this fight (laughs) we've got the worst goddamn teams none of these teams are allowed within the country technically but they're here I do like white nationalists <laughs> against ISIS. They have like better social media. Uh, this is Team White but, Nationalist. But the entirety here. <laughs> they got like fucking Nazis and ISIS in the in the warehouse with them. Uh, the entirety of season three was just pitting uh, like specific military leaders against season each other. So it was three? yes, yes, and it was yeah. No. Did the same with like five seasons, right? No, no, no. It's just it was just three. Like it, um, they had Napoleon versus Washington and uh, <laughs> Saddam Hussein versus Pol Pot. Uh, so that's it's like, right. The third season, it was like actual people. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. What? That's yeah. And so obviously that fucking. Was it a that fist was fight? Ruin Were they fist fights? <laughs> yeah. It was arm wrestling. Uh, a, it was a whole biathlon. They went cross country skiing and then they had a target <laughs> shoot. shooting. But yeah, this shit, once you get away from like the archetype of Kung Fu versus plumber, that structure, you, you're just, it's a fucking mess. Because unless you create a very specific narrative and setting, you can kind of just run the budget and the numbers on that, right? Like Army Rangers beat North Korean special operations, you dumbass. They have the fucking economy of Branson, Missouri versus the the war machine of America. And it's like, I don't yeah. know, like I say, it's it always 
it, it depends is the thing. But like in the case of modern military powers, it's like whatever side sells bananas to America, they're going to win. Like there's no fucking point in, in running these numbers. <laughs> Ninjas were very good at selling bananas to Americans. I just want to put that historically. If we're going to go by All treat right, I'm going to put a 99 in the banana column. Bananas to America. It's, it's one short of the Christian God. <laughs> right. It's very powerful. <laughs> bananas. Uh, wow. I knew bananas were good for me, but damn. Uh, next, they always do a ranged weapon, which in this case is great because uh. the Spartan just has like a smaller spear that they throw. And the, I, <laughs> the guy's clearly like never done throwing a javelin takes some practice. And this guy does not have it. So he like he's like two fucking feet away from that mannequin when he lets the spear go. It's so funny. It's a long uh, dart. But the ninja spear is generous. That's a long <laughs> dart. Yeah, that was a long dart. Yeah. And it, and even the, the scientists are like, yeah, it didn't look like it hurt. <laughs> and he <laughs> just pulled that out. That? The ninja pulled that right out. <laughs> <laughs> but on, when you're five foot two, uh, a, a hole that size, that's like that 40% true. of your body. That is true. An actual dart uh, would do some real damage. Yes. Uh, the ninja get all kinds of ranged weapons. They have the blowgun. They got the shuriken. Uh, the blowgun is and, when it's over, though. They're like, the doctor comes, yeah. doc, Dr. Fight comes on and is like, this poison kill you one minute. Like, okay, so that's the end then. Yep. That wins. Yeah. Right? Uh, if you they can all use make poison. fun of the, sh- the throwing stars. <laughs> <laughs> the throwing stars are just kind of annoying. Um, I, 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 That's the one where I, they, where I they have like, to tell Dr. Fight, this is like four scalpels, and Dr. Fight's like, ooh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. The Green Bray even gives the ninja like a little condescending pat after he throws the throwing star. Like, all right, nice, nice, cute little throwing star. Yeah, that sucks, Barry. <laughs> and and sucks he can't he say that. shit because, yeah, he's right. Barry's right. I mean, he's a dick, but he's right. We can all agree that the Spartan shield is completely OP. Uh, every ninja weapon bounces right the fuck off of Bounce it. Bounce right off. Yeah. yeah. Also, you can bonk with it. They test this on the crash test dummy, and they have the... <laughs> so good. Not Barry, but the, the hunk Spartan. He comes and he just bashes the fuck out of it with the shield, and Jeff's like, oh, I just crunched the numbers. This is harder than a truck accident. Like, he's, like it's deadlier than the spear, they all agree. So <laughs> so Captain America was right, I guess, is the point of the show. I love when he when it's Jeremy is the is the Spartan weapons expert. And he right. just beats the hell out of this thing with a shield. And then before he walks off, he kicks it in the face while it's down. <laughs> <laughs> he just gives it a little oh, spiteful just, kick. Like, fuck you, dummy. Did you know? He was trying to do the 300 kick. It was like so clear. He's trying to do the 300 kick. Oh, and yeah. It just that, didn't fucking work. The Spartan front kick. Yeah. That was personal yep. to the ninjas. He's like, that's you, ninja. <laughs> uh, the ninjas come at the, their equivalent of this shield, which is special weapons. Uh, they use the Kusadagama, which is, uh, it's like a little comma uh, scythe. With a long chain, and then there's a ball on the end of the chain. So it's every weapon in one. It's the perfect, like, ninja weapon. I love it. Um, they test it on the torso, and sure enough, the uh, getting hit in the tummy with the hook sort of sucks. Uh, and then the Green Beret, like, smugly puts the bronze cuirass on it. Am I saying that right? The bronze, like, chest armor. He puts it on the dummy. Yeah, the cuirass, yeah. Yeah, and he's I like, mean, what's the alternate pronunciation that? for that? We're not saying that. <laughs> the ninja gets all pouty. Um, Cause like he covered up the my little torso, and then he uh, he bangs his his little comma against the armor just once and like leaves doesn't do shit, but uh, he argues that um actually it would like bounce up and hit you in the neck and I I have a clip of him failing to do that let me just play that here 
Oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Right. 70 uh, points. Golden Girls theme song. Penetration for the simulation. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this as being your big weapon against the Spartan. Comes. Oh, nice face. <laughs> Thank you. You're in the moment. Yeah. What the huh. Oh, wow. Oh. It's denting for sure, but... Are you glancing it? off? Well, of course, where does the blade go next? Well, it goes Straight up, up to right up next to the neck. From there, exactly, you see where the blade's curving around right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go for the back of the neck, go for the side of the neck, hook in there, drag. And that's oh. the one place he doesn't have armor. Absolutely. Michael Lair tries hard to put a positive spin on it. He's not armored everywhere, is he? <laughs> Take out one arm. Take out the other arm. Drops his shield, drops his spear. Of course, the only thing left to do is... Take out the rest of it. Just what a ninja wants. The ninja is selling. Nobody's buying. I think it was bull****, and I don't think the Spartan would be very bothered by an impact like that. So right now, I'm giving the edge to the Spartan. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking funny. Uh, so definitive. Cut off his arm, cut off his other arm, cut off his leg, yeah. cut off his other leg. <laughs> Can't do shit with no arms, and that's all a ninja wants. It's for you to have no arms, and you're at the ninja's mercy. Um, you right, see, it was Dad? actually a good thing that it bounced off the armor, because then it hits yeah. the neck. Um, uh-huh. You could see how reminds me right there, in that clip. He reminds me so much of that friggin' weeaboo kid who like drew a sword on a subway oh, to like sure. fend off an attacker. I know exactly. And what then you're like about. died, and he died like three years later, like drowning, trying to take a, a girl to like a pro, for like a what? private karate lesson on an island or something. Oh yeah, you didn't know about that? No. Well, let's tell Dude, the story like, first. Like <laughs> that, there's a newscast of this yeah. guy, and he like pulled his sword to like stop a mugging or something. Yeah, there's like a fight. Okay. Yeah. So, so a disagreement on the subway, and then a maniac comes up with a sword, and that disarmed that people are like, okay, 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 maybe we rethink our fist fight. And then he told the news crew that um, he was actually planning several steps ahead. He was, and he's actually um, he's less dangerous with the blade than he is with his yeah. hands. I started carrying it so I could be safer. <laughs> the fucking best, maximum karate. <laughs> yeah, but he died the te- best teaching someone karate on an island, and he drowned. He like was trying. He would like he was telling uh, a, a like a, a teenage girl like I will teach you karate on this private island. Got on a rowboat and then like he fell out of the boat and drowned. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is did the girl? Insane. Did she ever learn karate? I d- I think it was before any. I karate think she was. proved that she was a little uh, more effective than karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think karate minutes. I think if we put this into the Excel spreadsheet, we will find girl push has has defeated no rowboat, no rowboat, one hundred one points. Rowboats, they're a minus thirty buff on any stat block. Uh, In Slytherin Studios, Computron. So, so this is unusual to have such a definitive like loss in the in the rhetorical argument. So when the narrator's calling you out for trying to fucking spin it, like you've lost. Um, the other ninja uses the other side of the Kasuragaba to like bonk the top of the helmet and, and it kind of leaves a dent in the helmet. And the Spartans, who I don't think are very insecure at all, are like, yeah, totally, that's fucking sweet, dude. That was, <laughs> that would really fuck you up. Like they're, they're like congratulating him. I think they just hate the other ninja and like this, the older one. Um, but then the ninja retreats to, um, <sighs> We're playing chess. We're like several steps ahead. And the Spartan <laughs> like legitimately wins the the nerd argument by saying like, 
just like with common sense. He's like the ninja will be, um, um, you can't block something that's all that small. And the Spartan's like, dude, that's not how you fucking track flying objects. You look at someone's shoulder when they're throwing something. And then just like, okay, okay. Nevertheless, uh, uh, and, and like, I don't know, he argues like a baby and it, it, it makes me very sad. Uh, but anyway, we're wrapping up the show. Uh, they, uh, they give the edge to the better weapon here at the end. They're like, spear versus egg, spear, blowgun versus javelin, blowgun, shield versus all that other ninja stuff, shield. Um, so I guess uh, <laughs> it brings me to a- another problem I have with the show of the 50. There's no control. So like, um, I think people all went to seventh grade. We know what a control is in a scientific experiment. So a good example is there, there's an episode where they did Green Beret versus Spetsnaz. And these are people with very similar weapon systems, but um, they had the Americans stand four feet from a pig and then shoot it with a shotgun. But then the Spetsnaz, they had to do all these combat roles, and then they killed like this full outdoor bar scene with blood-filled mannequins. And on that same show, they they have like almost identical grenades, but they threw one set of grenades at store mannequins, and then uh, a pig in a phone booth. That was an American grenade. They they threw it with the mannequins and the pig. And then the Spetsnaz had to drop their grenade in a washing machine and run away. And I'm like, fucking, how does that answer anything? You just, just get two washing machines or two sets of pigs. You can't. It's so fucking stupid. And then you have all this data that keeps everything subjective that shouldn't necessarily be. Um, anyway, like special weapons is like where they put all of this because this is where they take like just a random thing one guy has versus a random thing another guy has. Uh, I'm trying to think that that same show I'm, I'm talking Spets Nats Green Beret. They had the entrenching tool of the Green Beret versus the ballistic knife of the yes. Spets Nats. Oh and my God. That's you can take off someone's head with the E tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hit somebody with a shovel. It fucking sucks. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, just like I say, it always depends. It just always just fucking depends. And it uh, depends on like somebody found a free washing machine out in out in this backyard <laughs> yes. where they're doing it. You can afford one pig for the episode, and if you ruin it, yeah. we're doing something else. <laughs> then we're then we're breaking a store mannequin instead. I think it's a good time to talk about the use of ballistic dummies on the show. Like you know when they need <laughs> ballistic dummies are not cheap, and yeah. you can tell like. They really debated when to use the ballistic dummy or not. Otherwise, they use the bob, which is that shitty fucking infomercial punching bag that it's the one with the face versus like the translucent one. And you can always tell like it's like, oh, they they really you can tell how much preparation went to each segment based on whether they use bob or the actual ballistic dummy. If you were serious about solving these problems, I think you could. uh, I don't know. Obviously, get some philosophers and murderers to sit there and debate. But. I feel like until you hold like an obstacle course Olympics or like paintball, like you're just kind of like, I don't know, just a limp, a limp shrug and declaring a winner is all this show's ever going to be. Unless you get like the greatest living Spartans to like fucking run an Olympic course against the greatest living ninjas. They set up the play fight because let's be real. It's a play fight at the end where they, they have somebody dressed up like a ninja, somebody dresses up like a Spartan and then they reenact uh, exactly what I would have done to impress my friends in the fourth grade. Uh, and, but they start that off with the ninja in a tree, like sneaking up behind him. I'm like, okay, well, yep. if you're going to do that, 
then it's over. You just won. <laughs> right? Like, yep. <laughs> if you're going to do that, you've already established the ninja has, like, the ninja can use poison and then he's also ambushing him. Then, like, it's amazing. The Spartan yeah. wins in their, in their estimation because he, he won in their, like, show. But you set it up so that he can just, like, murder him in his sleep. So, yeah, it's absolutely over. Which I believe is what Michael Lair, the, the ninja guy, advocates for. He's like, the ninja would just murder him in his sleep. You're like, okay, then what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, uh, that's objectively like true. Argument. Like, if you want a... F- yeah, if you want a frontline soldier, that's what samurai did. Ninjas specifically were like all about like friggin', you know, like doing stuff at night and in the shadows. Right, so mm-hmm. at the end of this show, I don't think Max Geiger, computer whiz. Anybody versus I don't think he had a, a box for stuff. A murderer. Anybody right. in the world. Any kind of super right. warrior versus right. just a murderer at night. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, yeah, it could be like Spartan versus Son of Sam. Well, I guess Son of Sam. Like, Jesus, mm-hmm. I don't like. Spartan is sleeping in Son of Sam. Who looks normal. 102 points. That's like more powerful than not having a robo. That's more powerful than the Christian Being a murderer God. who looks normal. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we, oh. Jesus Christ. Son of Sam in a rowboat? Unstoppable. He killed God. <laughs> Mathematically. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canal. Unmit Maximalin Shaw. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Yeah. Ich kraft ist nicht trapped, ist nicht ohne. Schickt in the Hunde zone. Fior and a stunde. Come, John. Du kennst die Nummer. Using over seven different mathematical factors, our fight scientist cyberspacically simgeneered the greatest warriors in history. We call them the Supremes. Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Jaffo, Unanti, aka the Battle Hunk, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock, Brian Saylor, Burrito, Serral, Chase, History's Greatest, Sandwich Assassin, Clementine Danger, Craig Lemoy, Cuevas, Dan B, Daniel Sloan, Master of Mimicry. He could be any man-shaped tree, roughly the size of one Daniel Sloan. Devin the Rogue Supreme. David Schull, Dean Costello, Drayson, who comes with sword and shield, battle platform, with real squirting action, sold separately. Dusty's rad title, Eric Rion, Every Zig, Fancy Shark, Gareth, whose kick force has been modeled at roughly six and a half end of blood sports, Jellaho, Greg Cunningham, Hambone, the Sultan of Insulted, a devastating master of battlefield insult comedy and war improv. Haraka, Harvey Benguini, Honk, Jaber Al Aden, James Boyd, Jared Mountain Man, who actually was supposed to be in a different simulation and just wants to know what's going on here, guys? Jeff Araski, Jim Salter, John Dean. John McCammon, John Minkoff, 
Joseph Searles. His weapons are the javelin and the javelina. Say hello to the spear pig, you dead motherfucker. Josh S. Joshua Graves. Justin B. Ken Paisley. K&M. Kyle Campbell throws a set of keys on the ground and ambushes you in the brief moment you stop to consider shit. Are those my keys? Lisa. M. Jahi Chappelle. Mark Mahoney. Matt Riley. Max Baroy. Michael Dillon is so dangerous because of two words. Spartan Swirly. Michael Lair. Mickey Lohman. Mike Stiles. Moju. Mort was raised from the age of eight years old on a diet of punches and okra. Mr. Bob Gray. N.D. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer. Neku 104, whose primary weapon, ranged weapon, and special weapon is... Love? Nick Ralston. Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herbst. Rachel needs a mere 15 seconds to kill any opponent, and 14 of those are just gloating. Rhiannon. Sarkovsky. Sean Chase. Spotty Reception. Supernaut. Ted H. Thomas Kavatsos, the force of his spear strike, can only be measured in atrocities. It's 1.7 atrocities. Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Tommy G, Velo, Booster, Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, Good Satan and his hot witch's nose, it's actually easy to kill a man, but it's hard to teach a man to fully live and then kill him.